the Mandalorian's explosion networks. After show breaking down, discussing, and reviewing each episode of Disney Plus original Star Wars series, The Mandalorian. My name is Dylan Blight, and joining me, Ashley Hobley. Hey Dylan, excited to be here again to talk about more Yeedle. That's right. Well, I think at this stage, everyone just should accept that this show is Yeedle thing. I was like, um, Shree on Explosion Oak, but at one point asked me, because I was Captain like- Captain Cuties. Captain Cuties himself, when I was trying to pitch her to get to get her to watch this show, which I'm like slowly getting to happen, I was like, I just spoiled the fact that, this is when the first two episodes dropped, I just spoiled the fact of Yeetle's in it, right? That was my pitching point, but then I was also, um, I, ke- I keep- What, hasn't she seen, been on the internet? <laughs> uh, this is before it blew up, this was like the day they dropped, I'm like, you need to watch this show, uh, yeah, maybe one day, blah, 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 and I was like, no, look, I'm going to spoil something for you. <laughs> <laughs> like just as a pitching point but then like uh, uh, i kept posting him and then she was like oh yeah does he like show up for a minute and then i had to be like no, no he yeetle is the show like you don't need to be like oh yeah he, like there's a cutie in it for a minute no Ye- cutie is the show that's the yeah. you know that's how, try and pitch it he almost wasn't but he is yeah it is i mean basically especially this episode yep. uh so this week's episode is called the sanctuary directed by bryce dallas howard Written by John Favreau. Uh, the synopsis I wrote down for it is The Mando and Yeetle make their way to an out of way planet looking to hide out but soon find trouble and have to help a village fight off marauders. Um, it is literally just the plot of Sem- Seven Samurais. I've seen heaps, or Magnificent Seven or 70% of Westerns. Yeah. <laughs> so I've seen lots of people point out that they're like, oh, it's boring, boring storytelling, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, this whole show is literally not ripping off but playing off. A million and one like western and samurai movie tropes so they've now done the most prominent one and somehow people have now picked up a note <laughs> oh my god yeah they're like oh no. it's a space western what Ooh. a shock i'm oh, yeah shocked oh, who'd have thought it was going on uh so what was your overall thoughts on this week's episode uh what did anything stand out in particular and what were what would you say your favorite moment was I really, I, I really enjoyed this episode. I probably think it's the best one so far. I think we get the most character development or the most insight into the Mandalorian so far. Um, Gina Carino came in, and did a fun role. I was shocked that she's this part of ways at the end of the episode. I, I think she'll maybe, be back. So, yeah, she'll I'm be sure. back. But I, I feel like she was, uh, like presented as like a regular cast member, whereas. You know, and then of course it's four episodes in, and she's only been one episode. Yeah, but so is um, going to be the next one. So so is uh, Mr. Weathers, and he's only been in like what ten minutes, two. ten minutes screen time total, probably in the whole season. Yeah, so yeah. and they're all the ones doing the press tour. Werner Herzog's on the press tour as well. He's been in the show for like five minutes total. You know, so yeah, okay. <laughs> literally, no. literally the person they should have had there with Pedro Pascal as the co-star on the press tour is Yeetel, but they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeetel gets a bunch of time to shine. He gets some great moments in this episode. And, uh, you know, and then they show a world post the Empire, I guess, a little bit. Hmm. So, or, or something from post-Empire, so. Yeah, Very I, good. um... I enjoyed it. I, I am... I struggle between this... this. <laughs> I, I think I'd still pick last week's episode as my favourite simply for like that whole scene with the mandos and like there was that's what i was saying i had to i'd watch that episode twice simply because um i was like there was so much said in that scene i felt i was like i can't comprehend um and then all all that sort of stuff so i loved all that but i I would say this is my second favorite just just, uh, there's lots to love in this episode but it is a uh it was a predictable play out from from the get-go it's still fun to enjoy but i just don't think it had as much fresh and new as last week's episode did. So I'll probably rank that above it, but I'd say that these two episodes are the, my favorite, the, these, these ones, yep. you know? Um, and that's why all the crazy YouTubers are now shitting on the show because the best episodes of the season are directed by <laughs> females. <laughs> like, no, we was going to like the show. Damn it. <laughs> we have to hate it now. <laughs> um, did you have one, do you have any one moment that stands out as your favorite? If you have to pick, I've got one obscure one. I'll bring it up again when we get to it, but I want to. I think I know what your one is. Um, I mean, I, I really enjoyed Yeetle eating the frog again. And then, you know, well, he, he spat it this out. time you shouldn't, you shouldn't. You probably shouldn't eat the frogs. Yeah. Peer pressure. Yeah. <laughs> my, um, my favorite is the loft cat 
uh, appearance. Yeah. yeah. Because in case anyone uh, doesn't know, they're from Star Wars Rebels. And seeing that, I was like, the first second came on, I did that whole thing of like, <gasps> and I was like, oh, but maybe it's not. And then like, I got a clearer picture of her and I was still the whole episode. I'm like, what's that loft cat? It fucking looked like a loft cat. And then when I got to the end of the episode and they had the concept art stuff and it came up with the concept yep. art, I'm like, that is a loft cat. I love it. I've got to see a loft, cla- uh, loft cat IRL live action. action version of it. So um, yeah, that was really cool. But that was, yeah, like, quote unquote live action. I mean, it's CGI, but it looks different too. <laughs> the reason I was like, it, 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 but is it? It's obviously because Rebels is a cartoon show. So it's like, you know, you got a stylized version here, whereas the version they put in this show is like trying to make it. It's like, what would it look like if it was actually realistic looking and put it in the scenario of real people? Yeah. Um, all right. So let's jump into the episode, of course. Uh, this week's episode was really interesting because it starts not with our Mando, not with anyone we know. It starts with a whole bunch of different people. And I, I think this is worth pointing out for one big factor, which is the first, this is the first time the show's broken away from our character. And I think in the, when we discussed chapter one and two, I made a point to point out how we never break away from him. Everything we're seeing yeah. in the shows from his point of view, blah, 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 was discussing how they were slowly putting the camera from Yeetel's point of view. And I was like, oh, maybe they're going to break away and then have stuff like maybe they get separated and then you'll see Yeetle's point of view from stuff and Mando's point of view from stuff. But this episode, they're like, yeah, fuck everything you've been talking about. We're just going to have a completely like an uh, prologue but, scene. <laughs> I mean, they had to, it served the story. So it did. Yeah, no, but I, it's just, I mean, it was interesting. No way to do it. <laughs> no, it was just interesting after the first couple episodes seemed like, so <clears throat> like when we're, we're only showing you what, what's from his point of view, but this episode's like, well, you got for the audience, you got to have this, set up before he gets there so you have a better understanding of the story yeah um yeah so the episode does start with these people out fishing in a village whatever they're doing in this river lake they're doing like shrimp 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 farming farming. something yeah yeah um there's a blue shrimp they're called what shrimp blue i don't know (laughs) a blue they're blue shrimp were they but a shrimp blue yeah they're like super bright blue oh like miss that i'm very unnatural very Star Wars. Who'd have thought? A long time ago. Very Star Wars, yeah. Galaxy far, far away. Unbelievable in a galaxy far, yeah. far away a long time ago. The shrimp are the exact same everywhere. My favorite thing about Star Wars is whenever something like this happens, you get to say, you know, years ago they used to have blue shrimp because, yeah. you know, Star Wars is everything is... I mean, they might Parsons. be blue shrimp. I don't Parsons. know. I'm not, I'm not a shrimp connoisseur. So. Yeah. Well, this is true. Uh, so, yeah, it starts and you've got this female child, um, little girl running around chasing the, the frog thing that comes in with you later, of course. Um, and we see the, the mother. Well, we know it's the mother later, but that time's like presumed it's the mother watching on. Um, who. Oh, I should double check her name. I should have wrote it down, actually. I, I realized just before as I was like setting up to record this, but she's actually from um, Westworld, my favorite episode of last season of Westworld. I was like, oh, it's that lady from the thing. That was really good. And she was like a standout in that as well. So um, she wasn't like a throwaway actress. I was like, oh, I recognize her. It's a, it's a somebody in the in the show. Did you find it within that hot two seconds I managed to? No. <laughs> You're like, no, I need you to fill more time, Dylan, so I can <laughs> look up who it is. I'll just go through this way. So they, uh, the village then begins to get raided from the forest edges and we see laser fire coming in and, and stuff. And, and of course, at this point in the, the episode, the way it starts, you're not supposed to, I guess you're supposed to presume they're just people firing off from the trees, but we learn later that, that it's not just people firing off from the trees. Uh, the mother and the child jump into the water and they flip a basket on over their heads to stay hidden. And then the raiders come in and do what raiders do by right they they raid they they raid because it's in their name and they they start burning stuff and flipping shit and uh, steal a bunch of food and whatever else and uh then they disappear back off into the, the bush the the forest or whatever and that's that that's our epilogue that's where the episode starts so then we did you, okay did you so her it? name is omira omira mm-hmm. yep uh played by julia jones julia jones there you go is there anything else there that stands out? From that she's Twilight. From? Is she? Um, yeah. Right. She was in some Twilight movies. Um, no, it just feels very Western. I mean, I, I enjoy, I like the, the design of the animal creatures. They look the, like dogs or something. Yeah, I did. 
don't think I've ever seen them in Star Wars before. So I don't know if I have. Well, maybe if I maybe if did, I have, but I don't recognize because it might have been animated. I guess I don't know. Did you get the impression that the thing that they had was something they had at that point, or do you think no? They, I assumed it was that. Yeah. I did assume it was people in trees with like like sniper rifle type yeah, blasters okay. or something because like the the blaster fire looked heavier than your typical um you know your typical blaster of yeah. course but at the same time i was like oh it's just heavy uh heavier artillery not what it eventually is revealed to be no um so after all that we do cut to uh the mando in the ship and we get straight into the <laughs> the cuteness happening Yeetle's in there and he's just fiddling with the ship and, like turning he's just pushing buttons <laughs> pushing buttons turning the aircon on <laughs> <laughs> just turn on do a play of this <laughs> setting the self-destruct yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the mando just like keeps don't touch that <laughs> and then he just does it again <laughs> I, I love it I love the fact that these when they were making the show they knew they're like this thing is fucking cute and straight away they're just to playing with how cute it is and giving stuff. It's not like it's the second season. They're like, oh, people love that. Let's give it more. Let's give the two of them more cute scenes together. No, like straight away, they're like very much organically like Yeetle's cute. This show's now about the Mando becoming a pseudo father figure for for this thing. And it's it's already, we're halfway through the season and it's like, you look back at episode one, silent protagonist, fucking stoic doesn't say anything or oh, i'm the big mean bounty hunter girl 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 this episode he literally says here in a second that <laughs> you little swamp rat like oh rabs on his noogan like <laughs> you get out of here little swamp rat cutie little yeetle thing yeah you can already like see the uh the characters growing into and that's another thing i want to i want to bring up especially with this episode because this episode does a lot of like turning the mando definitely into the like saying he is a good character like a good person underneath all that like and, and I've, i guess that's a turning point with him obviously saving yeetle but i understand that for some reason a lot of people wanted this show to be about a actual bad guy bounty hunter but in my opinion i highly doubt we'll ever get any star wars tv show that stars a bad guy because star wars is always usually about good guys or didn't, bad guys that become good guys you know what i mean like didn't we do a whole prequel series about a bad guy i mean technically if you don't look at that way <laughs> but then he redeems himself so it's still like he's still looked upon as a a good guy i guess i don't know but i i never this show having him turn from big bag bounty hunter into good guy father figure thing fits into star wars's narrative which is about you know uplifting hero tales usually not actual bad stuff um, especially when it comes yeah. to their movies and tv shows <clears throat> if, you, if you want if you want to if you want something that's focused on an actual bad guy bounty hunter you're probably going to be looking for a comic book or a, a book or something like that a video game maybe i don't know but i i hardly ex i don't really expect that on disney plus um so after yeah yeetle fiddle, fiddles around with stuff or whatever they pass over the pl planet sorgan which is the planet we just saw in the opening prologue and the Mando's like, cool, that looks like a shithole, basically. <laughs> let's uh Yeah, no one's gonna come here. <laughs> let's go let's go hide out there. Um and as they fly over, they do show a, a quick cut of the woman we saw in the, the opening, like looking up and being like, Oh hi. Uh the Mando then lands the ship down quite a distance away from the village. They they make sure you know that in the opening scene of this episode. They they make sure that yeah. you're aware as an audience how far it is, I guess, to the to the village. Um and the Mando says, You get to Yeetle, you gotta stay here. You're going to watch the ship. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to have a look around. Don't touch anything. Don't do anything. Everyone just chillax. All right? And Yeetle's like, mm -hmm, no problem. No, just, no, he doesn't even know. He just looks, <laughs> just looks at him dead eyes. And then Mando goes open, uh, presses the door to doesn't open doesn't agree his to anything. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Mando <laughs> opens the, the side of his ship. And as the door comes up, he then looks down and sees Yeetle's just standing there like, where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. He's got that Batman that Batman move yeah, speed just, at times. But it disappears. You never see where he's going to come. I love how people online are being like, "Why is Mando fucking uh, carrying you all around in public? Like, does he think that's a good idea? How stupid of him!" I'm like, he literally told him to stay on that ship. He's he's 50 years old. He's in charge of himself. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> How are you going to tell him what to do? He's not a child. I mean, he is a child. He's not a baby. He a child. <laughs> He's not a baby. He's a child. I mean, age is just a number. That's no. damn right. That's a people <laughs> develop at different rates. The moral of this show. Uh, so then Yeetle comes along, and <laughs> we get one of my fuck watching him walk. I know, so cute. <laughs> this is the, <laughs> this is the thing. Like <laughs> enter the bar, and it's just like the camera is like tracking along, and Yeetle's just like waddling along, like looking here, looking there, and then this is of course where we get the scene where he like stops for a second and looks at the loft cat under the the chair, which I. As I said, I love seeing but that thing like hisses at Eagle or whatever, and he's like, "Whatever, mate." And he's like, <laughs> he's, "He's like, you come at me, I'll fucking hover you ten feet in the air. I did it to something bigger than you. <laughs> Show you what's what. That's for sure." Um, so then they head on over to this bar. Everyone in the everyone in the the place is looking, but the the thing, the other thing that I guess is like a question like star wars universe like versus what we know as audience is i think a lot of people online are assuming that everyone in this bar seeing yeetle wandering around is like that's a rare alien species of sorts or something you know what i mean like it's it's an oddity but i'm like it's the star wars universe like i i highly doubt that anyone in any bar or place in the star wars universe that sees something they haven't seen before like a species or whatever is going to go that's weird they are probably just like whatever you know like I, I i don't think anyone knows what his species is and and then seeing it means oh, like better get after that kind of thing you know and i i also think it's like a a lesson for our own humanity a bit where a, a thing that they haven't seen before enters a bar that looks different to they are and they go and people aren't like oh, the fuck are you the fuck's that no i just think it's a it's a big wide galaxy like i fully expect there's Lots of different people that live in different sectors of the Star Wars universe that haven't seen this alien species or this alien species. I mean, even in episode one, we get fucking um, old mate, what's his face? Uh, Nick Nolte being like, oh, I've never seen a Mandalorian before. You know, like I've heard the tales, all this sort of stuff. So I, I don't think seeing an, an, a species you haven't seen before walking around in a bar is that weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's funny to us because as an audience, you're like, that is a thing that's rare. It's a Yoda species, whatever that is. So better freak out. Uh, they sit down at a bar and then a woman comes over and asks if they want to order Floshka is what I wrote down. I'm not sure what it is, but it turns out to be the soup, I believe is the, the long-term effect. Uh, Mando asks the woman about a different woman he passed on the way in. The woman we as the audience know as Cara Dune. Um, who was sitting over in the corner, just laying there looking all scary-like, I guess. And then she's like, oh, no, she's been here for like a week, blah, 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 whatever. Mando chucks her a bunch of money trying to get information out of her, but doesn't really get anywhere for it. And then Cara Dune disappears. So Mando then chucks a coin or whatever at the bar lady as well and says, can you watch over, uh, watch over the child? And he goes out and chases after Cara Dune. And he uh, turns on his, I guess, I don't know, what what would be the vision for tracking footprint, footprints? Like, what, what visor setting is that? I, I don't know. Like, whatever setting. He turns on the foot tracking setting of his uh, helmet, and he tracks Karajun's footprints outside. But as he's tracking them, eventually she launches herself from above one of the buildings or tents or whatever, and they uh, get into a bit of a fisticuff fight, uh, and it ends in a draw i guess as they both draw pistols at one <clears> another but definitely worth pointing out that in this scene they show how kick-ass kari is by having her really kick the shit out of the mando which i loved um yeah. and i'll show you it's a really good fight scene because you can tell that like obviously her fighting experience plays into uh gina carano's fighting experience plays into how well she yeah. pulls off the fight scene here because it looks real and realistic and not like she's pulling punches. It looks like she's actually beating the shit out of it. And maybe she is because it's like maybe Pedro Pascal's in there or the stuntman's in. It's like you know this shit's hard. Just just hit me, like you know, like yeah. Maybe just go for I'm it. I'm wearing Beskar. Yeah, I'm wearing Beskar. It'll be fine. So uh, they end up on the ground drawing pistols at one another, and then you get the the ultimate meme from this episode that everyone on the internet, of course, is now loving, where the camera swings around and Yutel's there just w watching both of them and just like sips his soup. <laughs> 
Oh, thank you, internet, for getting that together so quickly. <laughs> the internet has now turned it into the uh, that t- sorry Kermit tea gif or whatever. Yeah, taste yeah. sip the tea. Yeah, the Kermit one. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's re- the replacement He's now. He's dead. Yeah. Uh, so as usual, then stands here <laughs> drinking the soup like, what y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Oh, that bar lady, she's not doing a very good no, job. No, she did a she? shit job. Well, I suppose he's small, maybe just. Especially when they gave him so much extra cash. Like, so surprised that any little bit of extra money. Yeah. Mm. Super generous. Yeah. Shit. Sure. Cool job. Come back in. This- I guess he's just fast when he wants to be fast. Maybe he's got Jedi, like, uh, force running. I, guess, I mean, Yoda, the other person from his species could move around pretty quick when he wanted to when he wanted to yeah maybe it's the maybe it's exact same and he's younger Yedel's younger so more nimble yeah uh, uh mando then says to Kara, do you want to go inside have some soup so <laughs> they go back inside and then she explains what anyone who's been paying attention to the show of course we've already got this information but she explains that she's ex empire uh, uh wrong what she's a rebel what She's oh imperial uh, sorry wrong word imperial uh, shock trooper is what she is. Yeah, for the alliance to resolve the public. And then she uh, ended up quitting. She explains because uh, I can't remember the exact wording that she uses, but she, she basically so, political. So reasons. after they won the Battle of Endor, yes, which she said like she, she was were, on, which is interesting, I guess. Yeah, uh, like after that and the. Alliance starts to take more control. Uh, they would just start moving delegates around and that kind of stuff and like being bodyguards or whatever. And that wasn't what she signed up for. So, no. so she's she decided to quit. quit. But of course, the interesting thing is that she does have a bounty on her head. So then it's like, okay, so what, what, why does she have a bounty on her head? Who'd she piss off? What'd she do? Well, I guess, well, desertion, I guess, might still be a thing, but maybe. I think she was just con- like paranoid, maybe more than definitely knows there's a bounty on her head. Mm, I guess she could be paranoid. Well, because she does say the reason she freaked out and attacked the Mando was because she assumed he was a bounty hunter that was there to track her down. And he assumed that she was a bounty hunter that might have recognized him or or like had a tracker that picked Mm. them up when they arrived or something like that. So I don't know. Um, That's what I'm saying. Like she disappears in this episode. I highly assume she'll be coming back. I hope that we get more of her backstory, I guess, because it's an interesting one. Uh, she she seems like a really cool, yeah. interesting character. And if they're not going to explore it in this show, comic book, give you twenty books, TV show, something. I, I don't know. She's I, I'm a big fan. That, I think that's my big takeaway from this thing. Is it's like was Cara Dune a cool, interesting character? Yes, she was really good. Which is the which is why at the end of the show when they separate, you're like, fuck. They were such a great like tag team duo between the Mando and her. You're like, yeah. oh damn. Why well, they can't come back? It, uh, over people over here, they're gonna have two teams: IG Eleven or the uh, freaking and, and the Mando team up, or Cardoon and Mando team up. I'm gonna be on this team. This is cooler than the IG team up. Um, yeah. then she explains that the planet's taken, but she's basically like, "Look, it's a small planet, you know, blah 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 blah. It's only, it's only big enough for one person, and the Mando doesn't even bother arguing. He's just like, yeah." Gonna have to find another planet, I guess. So th- then they cut to nighttime, and the Mando is fixing up his ship or whatever, like organizing it. And two people approach at night, um, and they come in and ask for his help for the Raiders. So they're from the village we saw at the start of the episode. And then at first he's like, "Yeah, I can't help." Oh, you. dip! It's Pillboy. Yeah, it's Pillboy. <laughs> and I've seen so many. There's like a small selection of people on the internet who I've seen like had that pointed out for them, and they're like damn, this episode's ruined for me now because I won't be able to watch it without going, oh, bro. (laughs) Or dip. (laughs) I mean, but with that knowledge, you're like, yeah, that fits. That's good casting, that character. Is it? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) A slot almost moron. What's the the crossover audience for Good Place and... Should be everybody. Mandalorian. <laughs> should be everybody. Everybody should be watching the good content, which is both The Good Place and The Mandalorian. So it's true. 100% crossover. They are two shows I watch weekly, so <laughs> it's uh, yeah. it's it's confirmed. Um, so, the, yeah, they t- two people come in, one of which is the actor who plays Bill Boy in The Good Place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, and then they explain that, yeah, they've been attacked. And Mando at first is like, no, I can't do it. You know, like, blah, blah, blah. Gives a bunch of excuses. Eventually, they point, they say something that about their village being small and far away or whatever, secluded area. And that, like, turns on a light bulb in his head where he's like, secluded far away you know blah 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 all things that i'm after as a person looking to hide out with my now adopted young 50 year old child <laughs> this sounds fantastic where where shall we go um so he agrees to it and then he goes and finds kara who's just seemingly sitting up against a tree i guess getting ready for betty time or something like that um and he chucks a bunch of coins at her and uh, basically asks for her to help and she agrees to come along so they all hop aboard a cart and carriage this show does a lot you gotta think about like we've had four episodes we've seen a lot of for star wars as a a property we've seen so many like speeder bikes and you know like fast vehicles and stuff this show has had so many scenes of like people having to travel slowly across planet either attached to animals or like slow moving mechanical things or whatever you know what i mean like it's really slowed down the travel system of uh, the Star star wars universe yeah uh, so in the morning, so it takes them all night to get there. They they arrive at the the village, and the first thing we get to see is the fact that the, the children <clears throat> all there love Yeetel. They're all running up to well, the, shocking. Yeah, sh- what a shocking revelation! <laughs> they were not pets scared of the Yeetel. No, they were not scared of the. We're scared the of the adorable green thing. It's it's so funny because I'm like, like oh, this is a cute little thing, whatever. But it's like. At first, when they run up to it, you could be like, they're running up to it like, it seems like they're running up like they would to a cute dog. But then as the episode progresses, you realize they're just treating it like, just a ch- uh, it's another child that's kind of arrived in the village, I guess. You know what I mean? Like Eventually. Eventually. Yeah. But at, at first, it seems like, oh, you know, like cute animal type thing. Like, oh, this what is this? Yeah. And as the episode progresses, you just start to see that their children are just bringing Yeetle in and be like, you're now a friend. Let's all play together and all this sort of yeah. stuff, which is... Um, cute to see. I enjoyed all the the children Yeetle interactions in this because I think it helps like build. You know, like it is a child, like it wants yeah. to play, it wants friends. <laughs> you know, it yeah, it doesn't want to be locked up or whatever, killed, obviously. Which plays into the bit at the end as well. Which yeah. Play, yeah, exactly. Um, so then we the woman we saw at the start of the episode, the the mother, uh, shows Mando his room. The woman's child then asks, comes in and asks if she can feed Yeetel, uh with what looks like a sausage, is what I wrote down, is what it looked like. Uh, and then Mando says, you can. And then she asks if she can uh, go play. Oh, pause for a sec. Yeetel's in a cot of some crib. sort at this point. Crib, yeah, yeah, crib or whatever uh, in there. So that's obviously another cute scene because he's like, yeah, feed me. <laughs> Give me sausage, <laughs> and then she's like, "Oh, can I go out and play with him now?" And then Mando says, "Yeah, that's what it's so." This episode does so much at like building the narrative of him as the the father figure. Like, there's so much like, yep. it, and the scene we get straight after this where she heads out with Yeetle to go play, and then Mando straight away like, <clears throat> as soon as he starts realizing that Yeetle's about like to be separated from him for like a long distance, as long as they've been separated since. Uh, obviously the first time they got majorly separated last episode. Yeah. Um, he, his brain, you can see he's like, uh, like he has a bit of a freak out moment and he goes like to, to chase after. And then the mother yep. is like, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. And he's a bit like, uh, you can tell he's like legit, just his brains clicked over and he started getting worried about it again. So yeah, definitely plays into building the father figure stuff. Um, the mother brings food in for the Mando to eat for later. She then asks how long it's been since, uh he's taken that off and this whole episode does another thing of just answering all the internet's jokes about oh who's the shower how's he eat if he never takes the helmet off blah 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 because yeah. then he's like responds he's like last night <laughs> or, you know, like yeah say whatever and then she's like no 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 when was the last time you took it off in front of somebody and then he explains that he hasn't taken off in front of anybody since he was about the children's age um, and that's when the Mandalorian saved him um, and took him in. And then, of course, he chucks in the, this is the way, <laughs> as this part of the that. Way. So it definitely seems like all the flashbacky stuff we've seen, he'll be rescued. Unless they do a, um, that could be a bait and switch. We don't know, I guess. Yeah. You know, like there's no, 
there's no way to, to actually prove that's him until we're, we're shown. We're, we are just assuming that is him, but it, it would make sense that that's where he saved, taken in, and then they chucked a helmet on him, said, you're a Mandalorian now, welcome welcome to the, the <sighs> gang, and uh, don't take that thing off. What Never. if Yeetle's going to become a Mandalorian? Yeah, well, that's, that is a legit thing. But that was a legit thought, but at the same time, because I was thinking about that like prior to this episode or like a couple days before before this episode, between episodes three and four. By the time I reach the end of this episode, I feel like the narrative of this show, and we can discuss a bit more of this when we get to the end, but I feel like the narrative of this show slowly switching to being less about him saving Mandalore and more about him potentially like moving away, disattaching himself. You know what I mean? Like this episode Maybe. this episode does a lot for like giving you options, I guess, of which way it could go. Um so then as the woman leaves, he, we do see that he takes his helmet off. Of course, the camera pans down to the windowsill or whatever, where he puts the helmet down on it and he watches over the Geetle playing with the children outside and he actually has something to eat finally. Oh, look, he took the helmet off everyone. Calm the fuck down. So then at night. Why why take it off in the window though? Anybody can just look to the left and look at your yeah, face. Yeah, I know. that I did think like, that, oh, but I'm like, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, then we cut to night and, uh, they're out looking for, well, um, Mando plus Kara are out looking for forests and checking for tracks and they find tracks of an ATST in the forest. Kara says that that is more than she signed up for. Then back at the camp, they explain, well, the next morning back at the camp, they explain that they can't live there anymore. They, Mando just pretty much spits out. He's like, you have to leave. Can't live there anymore. And then Kara's like, well, no way to be blunt Let's about start it. Start packing your things. Start packing your things. <laughs> we can leave in, in an hour. Yeah. Yeah, that's never going to go down well. <laughs> yeah. And then they all start freaking out, of course. And then Kara's like, maybe you should have been a bit polite about it. And he's like, well, how do you be like, <laughs> how do you not be blunt about this? So Kara then steps in and I like how she does a lot of speaking here too. Because the, the show never just designates her to the stereotypical like, tough guy woman character or whatever like giving yeah. her giving her scenes like this one here where she steps up and uh she starts explaining to the people in the villages and like playing to their feelings and heart she actually you get a fully formed and interesting character not just grumpy macho blah 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 in the in the, in the background you, you, like it, it seems like she does care about stuff obviously even though she was acting like she didn't at the start um kara then begs the people to leave uh the villagers all say that they won't. The mother, of course, says they won't be. And then the car is like, well, you won't be able to fight them. And then Mando says, unless we show them how. So then we get a basically a five to ten minute, however long it was, montage tra- training sequence thing all happening here. So they go out a pla- they go over a plan of how to draw the enemy out. Um, the whole thing is that Mando and Kara will go in, draw the walker out, and then they're going to try and trip trap the walker in this like ditch or like whatever trench yeah ditch ditch to to get it to fall over in a big hole big hole yes um and they then they they start building fortifications and all this sort of stuff uh, mando's doing weapon training with all of them with blasters turns out the mother is a fucking amazing shot somehow and i was a bit like is there more to that or is that just like chance you know like is no, there more to her shoot swamp rats on the yeah who's to shoot on my b250 <laughs> Uh, Kara is teaching them all uh, melee stick combat type stuff. I guess that comes back to her being the pill boy. <laughs> Need to have the stick pointed the right way. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, so then, it, after we get the whole montage and stuff, it cuts to nighttime. I get. I took it as they literally just did like a whole day of training, and they're like, "Yeah, that's enough." Like, off we go. <laughs> you know, like not a week of pistol training or anything like that. Like, yeah, hot afternoon. Now let's let's get to it. So at, at night time, Mando and Kara head into the forest to find the raiders. They take down a bunch of them uh, in stealth before heading into the main camp. They head inside this tent where they put a uh, charger bomb onto the, the pole in the tent. And then raiders are about to leave. Of course, a bunch of raiders come in. So they get into a bit of a fisticuff fight scene with a few of them, which was uh, good, good, good to see. Not just blaster stuff. It's like, let's get some fisticuffs yeah. stuff. In. And then... You, 
this is all cut between with the the, the biomer like like as it's uh, ticking up to build the tension, obviously. And then they get out, they dive out of the tent at the last possible second, and the bomb goes off, of course. And then we get the awakening, and I say awakening of the ATST because they never show you anyone driving it or anything. And the way they shoot it no. very much is like, this thing is supposed to be a monster. Like it's its own. Yeah. We know someone's in there driving it, but they shoot it. it it's monster. Yeah. They shoot it like it's a monster movie, especially with the fact that it's nighttime. They've got these very red eyes inside of it. Um, they painted it and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, it, it makes an ATST feel scary for the first time, I guess, which is weird considering it's, what was it's referred to as the chicken walker <laughs> and it's like they've, they've turned yeah. they've turned the chicken walker into a a monster in this episode which is cool yeah something to be feared which is cool so then um the two of them begin running back with the atst uh behind them of course of course we see a shot of the children all hiding out with yeetle which for some reason made me think of game of thrones where Tyrion's like down with all the fucking people <laughs> <laughs> Yeetle's no, the version fair. of Tyrion because he's like the 50 year old chilling with the kids <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. Yeah. please give me that fan art yeah. <laughs> um, Tyrion and Yeetle just Tyrion and Yeetle just up. chilling out yeah. uh, so then they all they arrive and they uh, Mando and Kara slide into cover as they wait for the ATS to arrive um, and it does and it seems to notice the trap or just seemingly stop at like the perfect point that it doesn't fall into the the trap for them and it lights up a i don't know a spotlight i guess for hunting deer <laughs> starts like looking around scanning the area and stuff and then raiders start charging in from behind it so the battle starts up now um they start getting into fights with some of the 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 raiders and stuff but obviously the atst isn't moving forward so if they don't get it to move forward they're going to eventually lose this battle because that's the the raiders one big upper hand sakara says that she has a new plan and asks for the pulse, pulse rifle from mando and she grabs that and charges over their barricade and jumps into the river um the the ditch point right in front of atsc and starts trying to shoot the thing to draw it to to come forward uh see some shots of the villagers all fighting with the raiders the atsd slowly creeping forward but not quite enough uh i like the way this fight scene was all this this battle was seen was shot there's one one really cool shot like a a sideways shot showing where the the ATSD is on like the right side of the screen as it's firing off. That was quite good to see. Um, and generally the way the the fight was shot all here like builds up the tension. They keep showing that shot of its like legs creeping creeping closer and closer to the edge, but not quite enough. So yep. I, I like the way they yeah I like the way they build the tension throughout this this fight scene here. Uh, battle scene I guess is proper wording. Yeah. Um, Kara eventually lands a shot into the eye of the thing, which pisses it off or who it pisses off whoever's in there and then they step forward and do fall into the hole and fall over Yay. sideways mando runs in and finishes it off with a thermo grenade right into the freaking face of the thing and then the remaining marauders all scramble back into the forest where they belong bye see you later get the hell out of here and then after all that it's important to note that a throwaway line is used to explain that we have now gone ahead several weeks because Mando and Kara, uh, it cuts to Mando and Kara having this conversation on the decking of one of the houses or whatever. And they're like, Oh yeah, it's been several weeks since this or whatever. Like they, they throw in that line to make sure, you know, it's been a while. I don't know how important that is to anything in the future happening, but I think it's just relevant to how like comfortable he's become there, how comfortable Yeetle's become there, you know, how comfortable everyone has become there. I think I think it's just like important to have them move time forward a little bit. So it's not like you spent a day here. Now you suddenly want to leave here kind of thing. It's like, no, they've been there for weeks at this point. So yeah. um Kara That uh, montage scene could have taken over a few days potentially. Yeah, no, it's they so. it could I would have liked them to have battered I doubt they put up all that in, stuff one, day. in one day. I know. That's the but the way it yeah. was put, shot was like, hey it's morning, pet talk, montage now it's nighttime. You know what I mean? Because it goes from like morning to afternoon yeah, to night. It seems like it's one day. It could have been several days. It would make more sense if it was several days, but I don't really know. Yeah. Um, Kara asks about the Mando taking off his helmet and what would happen. Because she's thinking what all of us are thinking, that the Mando and that mom yeah. need to get it off. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, she says she says something about like you and him. Uh, Yeetle loves it here and 
you, you know, yeah. you seem to like it here and all this sort of stuff. And then when you're going to make her an honest yeah. woman? <laughs> when <you're> gonna, <laughs> when's she going to make you an honest man? Though? <laughs> yeah. Um, he says that he, if he takes it off, nothing will happen. Cause she jokes. She's like, what happens if you take that off? Like people come after you, they kill you, blah, blah, you know, something like that. And he says that yeah. if he takes it off, he just can't put it back on again. So it very much seems that. This this will all obviously play into the whole this is the way, blah, 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 blah. Whatever this section of the Mandalorians of the are on about and like their code is, it, it comes down to the fact that they are one and stronger as one, I think. And by that, they can never take the helmet off. Like they're committed to being Mandalorian, I guess, you know? Yeah. Well, it's a whole like our... My weapons and my religion, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm sure the armor's like... It's just, it's just interesting that we've seen undermated DeLoreans before. Yes. That obviously have taken their helmets off and stuff. So. Yeah. Well, it, it just seems like the, the people that saved him, which may or may not be the only remaining Mandalorians. We, we, we don't know if there's other uh, different groups out there in the galaxy, of course. We, we don't know. But this group that saved him has taken like Mandalorian culture to... The extreme. The extreme. Yes. Yeah. Is what it seems. Because, yeah, as, as you just said, we know they take helmets off. Take helmets off all the time and animated Clone Wars, Rebels, all that sort of stuff. So it's not a prerequisite of Mandalorians that we know prior to this point. Yeah. Um, Mando says that they should move on before word spreads, though, um, because of the, the battle they had and all this sort of stuff. He's afraid that it's going to, it's been a couple of weeks, word's going to get out to someone soon and people turn up here. Um, he says that he's going to leave Yutel here, though, to which Kara says it's going to break his little heart. And then Mando says he'll get over it. They all do. Which I was like, is there more to that? Like, they all do. What's that mean, Mando? Being a bit mean to mm. Yeetal, you fucking bastard. <laughs> Come on now. What are you doing? Uh, Mando. No, I think that's more. Everybody gets over the Mandalorian leaving. You know? mm-hmm. It's like self. I don't matter. That kind of self-talk. Yeah, could be. Uh, Mando then goes over and speaks to the love of his life. I mean, the woman lady, the the mother. And <laughs> basically he says about leaving Yeetal there. And then she, she doesn't say yes or no. She just like kind of cuts him off and is like, you could both stay here. You know, she's like, you both stay here. You love it here. You've had a good time here. Everyone likes you here. Yeetal loves it here. So I have a whole of this. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great for you all to stay here? I think one of my, my, my favorite detail here is that when she says like wouldn't that be nice when pedro pascal delivers the where he says it would be nice back i wrote down in my notes that he says it with a whimper it sounds like he's legit getting like choked up under the helmet like it's a very slight detail but it's what necessary of course to emote when you wear a freaking helmet (laughs) all the all the time so it definitely sounds like it was get it's getting to him and she nearly she puts her hands up and she starts like bringing the helmet up and she starts lifting it maybe like an inch, I guess, kind of thing. And then eventually he, he says no. And she he doesn't like snap her hands away. He's like, get the hell out. He's just like grabs her hands. It's like, no, can't do that. So, And then we, we cut to and we sing that a bounty hunter has arrived in the outskirts of the forest off the side. And has got his targeting scopes on Yeetle at this point. Poor little Yeetle over playing with the damn children. Got a scope on him. Get, it's like my heart. It's sad. My heart was sinking. I was like, don't. Breaking. I'm, yeah. I'm like, they're not going to do kill it. Yiddle? I'm like, you know, they're not going to do it, but at the same time, like, you're like, I don't like this image. Like, Damn. It's going to be so cool when he full on Kylo Ren's this laser bolt. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> no, that would, people would have been like, that's fine. Fucking, how does Ray do? <laughs> <laughs> um, Kara, a shot rings off, and then uh, Mando like tells the the mother like check on the children, all this sort of stuff, and then he runs up to find the bounty hunter. Just don't see Yedo. Yeah, pr- go protect the Yedo. Um, we find that Kara was the one that actually shot off the shot behind. She found the bounty hunter before he managed to get his shot off on Yedo, and then we have the Mando, of course, realizes at this point that the bounty hunters have found him so he's going to have to take Geetel now he won't be able to leave him there but they're still tracking him so he packs up all his stuff onto the cart things or whatever they arrived on says goodbye to everyone in the village the mother very sad says goodbye to Kara um says hopefully they'll see one another again damn right they better hope they see one another again all the kids come over and say goodbye to Geetel it's very sad seeing the the the, the main 
child girl like come up and give yeah. you a hug and everything like that so it's very sad to see and then usual says goodbye to all his best pals and they um, well, they head off as as much as he can yeah yeah whatever i didn't eat the frog i'm i'm that, that's a sign of my friendship <laughs> it means i love you guys uh yeah, yeah. the episode ends with them heading back off of course and yeah, so it, it leaves the question of what do you think we're doing next week? Because it's like the, the, the I feel like there's two there's two directions the Mando goes, which is let's just try and find another planet and hope the same thing doesn't happen again, or B, which is kind of more towards what I'm leaning, which is that he realizes they're forever going to be chased and he's better off just trying to cut off the the tail somewhere. You know what I mean? Like yeah. whether that means going back and facing down Carl Carl Weathers, uh, Grief Cargo saying the actor before the freaking character uh, goes and finds him again or maybe he's like I need to go take down the head of the bounty guild or something you know what I mean like which direction do you reckon he's going to go next week I'm predicting we're going to do what I thought was going to happen this episode and he's going to try and figure out how the trackers stop work. them tracking them yeah so that would mean I guess he has to think of or know someone that would be able to put Yeetle into something and like scan him for a potential tracker or figure out the fobs and like how they're tracking Yeetle because it's like that because that, yeah. that is one like not a plot hole but like of course a something we still don't fully understand or know how it's working like mm. are they tracking him via are they tracking him because his species is so non-existent and because he's the only one in the galaxy it means that this track is able to literally just track him because he's the only one that exists yeah. at this point or <laughs> or are they put <laughs> is it a midi-calorian tracker <laughs> and they're able to track him down <laughs> yeah that is a hilarious notion <laughs> <laughs> or, I mean it has to be something so may maybe it is because he's the only one of his species so it's <clears> like <throat> that tracker like putting in like Oh, you know, whatever species would obviously wouldn't work, but maybe if he's the only one. I mean, that would make sense. Why hasn't there been more midichlorian tracking? Like, surely they had some sort of, they had midichlorian testing things. Why wouldn't they have midichlorian tracking technology? I mean, I guess you can't just pick it up. You need someone's blood sample. Maybe they, maybe they had Yeetle beforehand and like had a sample of his blood and then they lost him once. And that's how they're able to track him. Maybe. That would make sense. I guess would be an easy way to explain it. I don't know. I don't know. Either way, they they may need to explain that next week for sure. Because <laughs> at this point, it's like how do these freaking people just keep finding him. Like, if there's a tracker on him, leave it in space. And chuck it out the chuck it out the garbage, Mando. What are you doing? Get rid of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That'll be this. That's this week's episode of the Mandalorians. Um, I also realized just as a quick note, I'll ch I'll chuck it here at the end. We're gonna have a. Do you know how the episodes work on the lead up to the Rise of Skywalker? Have you have you heard this? I I keep forgetting to to bring it up. So in case no one knows this, I want to put this information out there so you can help prepare yourselves. The the Friday before the Rise of Skywalker comes out, which is a thirteenth, I think, from memory, something like that. A thirteenth sounds about yeah. right. Um, uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Bring up a calendar. <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> do, you want me to, do I need to bring up my own calendar? No. It's the nineteenth. Is the 19th is the, well, 19th yeah, no, no, no. in Australia is the release of Skywalker. Yeah, so. Yeah, 13th is the Friday before. So the 13th, an episode is going to come out. And then your next episode is going to come out on the 18th, which is a Wednesday. So, because. Well. Yeah. With time zones, it would probably drop midnight of the 19th. So while we're in the cinema. Or, yeah. Oh, no, no. No, because it'll be like six o'clock. So it comes out like five o'clock Fridays. No, I think I think it's I, this is the thing. So I, they haven't confirmed if they're dropping it at the same time. But let's let's presume because this we're going off American you would timing. Assume. Let's all right. Let's presume American timing. So they said it's coming out Wednesday in America time, which let's presume it's midnight again. So that means that it'll come out here seven p.m. Thursday, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like 7 p.m. on the 18th. Yeah, so that would be the day. You know, it'll be there to, for you to watch right before you go in, while you're waiting in line. 
everybody can sit in line, open their phones and be watching. Yeah. So I, I think that's one thing worth making aware of. They are dropping that week's episode of Rise of Skywalker prior to the release of Rise of Skywalker. To the Mandalorian. Uh, that week's episode of the Mandalorian prior to the release of the Rise of Skywalker. Um, I'm hoping they actually move the timing up because if it drops at seven, yes, I could watch it, but I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, <laughs> like you get my. T- no, just t- take your nap earlier and then again, t- like, wait while you're waiting in line. Type bloody timing over here. Anyway. Um, or, hey, event cinemas, if you want to, like, let us in to the cinema, yeah. like, 15 minutes early, Put the- you could just play the. Fifth episode, uh, seventh episode. Give you my username and password. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> log in. <laughs> I'll give you an extra tw- ten bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> play it on the big screen for us. Yeah. So I, I'm like, I'm wondering how we'll go, like, because we'll, we'll watch it Friday, try and get this up on like Saturday, Sunday, something. Does Monday? I don't know. Yeah, does that imply that there's a connection? I don't. Th- I think a lot of people are assuming it implies it just- a connection. I'm presuming they've moved yeah. it simply because timing wise, it makes sense to not have. Two Star Wars things release on a one flash. day. Yeah. Because yeah. in America, it would have been this dropping at midnight and then Star Wars dropping at some places at midnight as well. So they're like... I, I- no, I'm pretty sure it doesn't come out there till the 20th. So Yeah. Because of their music movie schedule. like So it comes out on the Thursday for us, which would be the Wednesday for them. And then it comes out on the Friday for them, which is yeah. the Saturday for us. So, so when's Mando like, drop for them? There's a couple of days difference. Mando drops for them on... Fridays at midnight, usually. No, like morning. Yeah, yeah it drops at midnight in most places there. Oh, it's so confusing. It's so confusing. Anyway, my, my point was be, anyway. be prepared for <laughs> just be aware that that week's episode of Mandalorian is, is coming out early and pl- plan accordingly. And we're going to have to try and work out how we <laughs> get all of this happening and the Rise of Skywalker happening at the same time. Anyway, thank you for joining us on the, the Mandalorians <laughs> this week. You can find the show on explosionnetwork.com. YouTube.com slash Explosion Network and all good podcasting services, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, of course. You can also find our Star Wars podcast, All Around Explosion, available right now as we rewatch and discuss the films in the lead up to the rise of Skywalker. This week's episode, we are discussing The Last Jedi. That is the last movie Oof, before strap in. Skywalker. Strap in. Strap in. It's about two and a half hours, but it's a, it's, it's, it's a good one. Uh, you can follow the Explosion Network on Twitter at Explosion Pod. Uh, you can follow myself on Twitter at Vivaldil, V-I-V-A-L-A-D-I-L. You can follow Ash on Twitter at Ashley Hobby, A-S-H-L-E-Y-H-O-B-L-E-Y. And until next week, we have spoken. Yeah.